moment that when they went down and came back up, they were shiny for Jesus. It was awesome. So I want to encourage you for that. And we have a video on baptism. And then Pastor Matt will be here. And so Jordan, upon the profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son. Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody today. Glad you're here with us. Uh, what a great time of worship we've had together already. But uh, God is here. He's in our midst, and uh, he's living in our hearts. And part of our worship is to worship him through our tithes and our offerings. And so the first thing I want to do is I want us to just pray, and I want to just, uh, just ask the God to just bless the resources, uh, not only that he has given us, but what we are giving back to him in thanks. Uh, we have some uh, guys in the back. They'll have, actually, there's a couple tables with the plates on them back there. As you go, you can place your tithe and offering in there. But know that God is making a difference through Woodland Life Center. I'm hearing more and more great stories about what God is doing in the midst of our church body. And so let's pray together as we begin. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for your love, your grace, your strength, your encouragement to us. And today, God, we just want to lay our, our all on the, on the table before you. We want to say once again, God, fill us this, this day. We need more of you. This week we've been broken out and poured out throughout the week. And so we ask God for you to just fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Speak to us exactly to the place we need to hear this morning. And we thank you, God, for all the resources you've given us. We thank you, God, that we have a roof over our head and we have shoes on our feet. And we thank you, Lord, that you always are taking care of us. And it's our privilege, Lord, to be able to give of our tithes and offerings as we go today. We ask you to bless them and use them in mighty ways far beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're starting with something. Is Mackenzie here? Uh, some, there, there she is. Uh, Mackenzie is uh, doing, uh, coming to be uh, bringing up the kids. Actually, I need to ask the kids to come up. I've been nervous about this all week, just let me tell you this, because I was told, I was ambushed at a staff meeting and, and told, hey, you're going to have a bunch of kids come up, they're going to give you something and you've got to come up with a sermon about it or, or something like that. And so I thought, oh my goodness, and so I've been kind of just um, uh, a little bit nervous about that throughout the week, but, and, and maybe the kids are too because they're not coming up, but come on up when, if you want, okay, this is good, I don't have to worry about it, right? <laughs> Here comes, okay, so is this the sack? Thank you, Avon, all right, so, all right, I've got a, a turtle, huh, yeah, that's what I thought, <laughs> well, what, so, did you pick this out? That is a good, very good, I like that, well, in, in the Bible, what, what, 
is our turtles known for? Do they go fast? No. They go very slow. They even talk kind of slow, don't they? No? Have you heard them talk? Because I have. No, you haven't? Okay, I'm sorry. So anything that you are special about turtles for you? No? <laughs> Do you ever heard of the turtle and the hare? The rabbit? Okay. No? No? Okay. Well, we won't go that way then with this. Um, well, there is a portion in the Bible that says that we need to be slow when it comes to something. Do you know what it is? Sometimes when mom and dad is talking to us and we're, we're, we don't even want to let them finish, we're thinking, you know what, I already know what you're going to say, mom. Clean my room. Have you been there? Let's clean my room. You know? And you guys are just, you guys got it made. I mean, I, I had that all the time. I know your mom makes you clean your room. <laughs> well, so there's a portion of the scripture that says to be slow to speak. But we need to be quick and when we listen. And maybe with when we comes to our teachers, are anybody you guys in school? Yeah? Are are you online? Are you in actually in school? In school? Okay. You're in school too? Yes. So when your teacher is speaking, you know, it's a reminder to us that we need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And what that does is that just helps us bring in some wisdom from what they're trying to teach us. Moms and dads, do they need to be quick to listen sometimes too? Okay, I'm getting no help. I like, I like that, thank you. Okay, good. Because sometimes you have things that you need to share too. Have you ever wanted to share with mom and dad and just they just seem like they're just not quite there? We need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Well, Thank you guys for putting up with me. And for, and for the, the turtle, that was a great idea. Thank you very much. All right. Can we pray before we go? All right, let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you for this, these kids. I pray, God, your blessings upon them. I pray, Lord, that you will just do a good work in their life. Continue to mold them and shape them and form them, dear God, in your image. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Well, I've been giving my staff such a hard time. I had no idea about what I might get. I'm very glad that Haven picked that and not someone else. Um, <laughs> but but it's, uh, it's good to encourage our kids in the Lord. Thank you for, for your encouragement during that as well. I, I want to just take a moment before we begin and also say a word of thanks to some folks here who I've just seen that have been doing some amazing things behind the scenes, things that you probably wouldn't notice. But when you drive into our church property, I mean, we have a nice looking property, don't we? It looks good. It's kept up well. And uh, I'm going to tell you, every week, Jim and Cindy Rumsey, they are here. Yeah, they're back there in the back. They are here, and I mean, they're working. They're, I, sometimes I hear people beating on the side of my house. and No, they're just working, and, and it's a good thing. Actually, I'm, we're very thankful for people who are just 
stepping up and doing things around the church. I just want to give you a hand. Thank you very much, Tim and Cindy, for all that you do. And also, um, for Bill and Nancy, they run that cafe. And I don't know if you've had anything that they make. Anyone enjoy their food? Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. And uh, I asked Nancy a while back, I said, that quiche, it looks really good. And and my wife said, no, you are not going to like it. It has eggs in it. When we got married, the first thing I told her is I said, the only thing I like with eggs in it is, is chocolate cake. A- eggs go in chocolate cake, right? So that's the only thing. If you're going to make eggs, it better be in cake. And so, we, so actually, over the years, I've kind of you know, explored and gotten very exotic in my food choices to eggs. And, and, but I never had had quiche before, but it looks so good, smells so good. She made that for me, had a bit of it. It's just great. Thank you, Nancy, and thank you, Bill. Well, we continue this week in James. And last week we made it through James chapter 1 verse 4. And this week if you want to open your Bibles or turn on your phones, use your tablets, I don't care, but we are going to be together in the book of James and we're going to begin reading in in verse 5 where it says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. I just wanted to stop there for just a second. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. I, I think to myself that uh, as I was preparing and reading in, uh, this portion of Scripture, I mean, we all need more wisdom. We all need godly wisdom. And here's the amazing thing, is that God is just making us an offer. We didn't even ask Here through James, we are hearing through the Lord, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. Now, it doesn't say he gives sparingly. It says he gives generously. That's good news for us. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. I, I looked up just what the definition of wisdom is. If you look in Webster's Dictionary, what does it say that that is? It says the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience knowledge, and good judgment. And, and there are way too many people in our world today that lack wisdom. We need wisdom more than ever before, I think, in our day, in our age. There was something that uh, I remember George H.W. Bush, our president, uh, years ago, he used to always be known for saying, uh, that wouldn't be prudent. That wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. And, uh, and in the midst of that, uh, it's prudence is an understanding of what is wise. We need some wisdom in our world today. Walking, people, there's too many people that are in our world that lacking wisdom, and they're walking around as if they are just a, their sole purpose in life is to just simply serve as a warning to others. Have you ever met someone like that before? 
I mean, I've, I've, it never ceases to amaze me. We don't notice it quite as often now with everybody wearing masks and all, but people walking through the mall or walking down the sidewalk and they have the phone in front of them and they trip over something or they run into a, you know, a signpost or whatever else because they are so engaged in getting this information off the phone. But here's the thing. Wisdom is not just information. Some people would say, well, we live in the information age, the information society, some have dubbed it. But I'm going to tell you that being in the information age is not the same as being informed. Do you hear me? Anyone here married 30 years or more? Oh, we have, okay, so keep your hands up. Anyone here that married maybe 40 years or more? 40 years or more? Yeah, Bill's where they are in the back, I see. Anyone here married 50 years or more? Excellent. Let's just give them a hand, number one. And, uh, 50 years or more. We have several couples here that have been married 50 years or more. And I think to myself, you know, in those wedding vows, I can just imagine when you had given those wedding vows... 50 plus years ago, you were just giddy. I mean, you were just like, you couldn't wait for the, you know, the guy who was doing your wedding just to say, come on, just get to the I do part. You know, and, and he's going through and through and he's saying, you know, will you take her in sickness? And yeah, yes, I, I'll take her in sickness. And will you take her for richer? For, yeah, I'll take her for whatever. I'll take her no matter what. Same thing with her, with, with the kind. And, and the next thing you know, you've said your I do's and everybody's so happy. And then you're spending the next 20, 30 and 40 and 50 years <clears throat> asking yourself, do, do I? <laughs> you have to get to that place, <coughs> excuse me, where wisdom is gained. And wisdom is gained at least 50% of the time, we are told according to statistics, in that time after the I do's. Excuse me. We've made a lot of mistakes, and I can guarantee you that if you were to talk to any of those folks that have been married for 50 or more years, or someone who's been married just one year, you understand that we have made mistakes. But the profound truth is, is in the midst of all those decades of being married, is that today's mistakes are tomorrow's wisdom. Today's mistakes are tomorrow's wisdom. We, we understand that you, know, you can't just Google everything. And my kids would say, oh, no, Dad, I can. I mean, what do you need to know? I can just Google. I'll find it for you. No, you can't Google experience. I listened uh, <clears throat> as I... I was out with uh, Bill and Nancy earlier this week, and he was telling me stories about being in the war. I, I, can't, I can Google what it was like to be in the war, but I don't know what it was like to be in the war. You can't Google that. You can't just pretend that, you know, you can just look that up. This week, I went to, on a beautiful hike with Barbara and... Harry, we had a great time, and, and in the midst of that, though, I, 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 I thought, well, I'm going to look up where we're going there near Hoosier Pass, and I looked at the pictures, and they told me all about the elevation and all about the trails and everything else, but I didn't really know what it was like until I was there and I experienced it. 
You see, the wisdom of this age says, you know what, you can just look anything up and you can just know it, but there's something different between getting the information and being informed. Wisdom will teach you in ways that you can never look up on the computer. We... We know the definition of insanity. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, it's doing the same things and expecting different results. Have you been there? Have you been insane at times? Doing the same things and expecting different results? Wisdom will teach you that. And that is the kind of wisdom that our world needs today. Thank you. Sorry. I apologize. Something is caught in my throat. Let me share a quote with you from Brother Lawrence. There's a book called Practicing the Presence of God. And it says this, it says, God does not allow a soul that he wishes to, to, that he wishes to be entirely his to have any other consolation than himself. Let me say that again. God does not allow a soul that he wishes to be entirely his to have any other consolation than himself. What is that is saying is, if you want to know life, if you want to know joy, if you want to know the, 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 the life to the full and have it to the full, then you have to understand that God has to be your everything. When we spoke last week, we talked about the trials of many kinds. It says in verse 2 that you are going to have and face trials of many kinds, but this type of trial is not meant for, be, for just a lack of purpose. This type of trial is meant to help you understand there is a God in the midst of our world. I want to just change that statement a little bit more and say God does not allow a nation that he wishes to be entirely his to have any other consolation than himself. Do you hear me? God does not allow a nation that he wishes to be entirely his to have any other consolation than himself. And this day and age, we see our nation just being torn at the seams. We're seeing things happen that should never happen. Riots and places being burnt to the ground. People are upset. Some of them know why. Some of them don't know why. Some of them have a plan. Some of them don't have a plan. But here is the thing, is until we find our consolation in God, we will never have peace the wisdom that James is speaking about here is not the wisdom of the world the wisdom that he is speaking about is the wisdom that gives us the ability to consistently choose the path that leads us closer to the heart of God in the small decisions as well as in the large decisions knowing you know that that consolation and that contentment and that peace are only found in God and in God alone. Even the small decisions that we make can have large eternal consequences. The white lie, that small selfish act, that small indulgence, the the glance that turns into a lustful thought, the grudge that you allow to live in your heart are all decisions that are small at first that can have profound consequences for us eternally. We live in a day, in an age, where wisdom is deemed as just having 
information to shout, but not an experience to share. I watched this week in Washington, D.C. as there was a group of rioters that were coming up to people who were sitting at an outdoor dining area, and they were screaming in their face a chant. And they, until they would chant that same words and raise their fists, they wouldn't leave. They wouldn't let them go. And the people who were sitting down at the table were trying to dialogue with them, but they would not allow them to have a conversation. All they had was just information to spew out, but they didn't want to have a relationship. As I shared earlier, it's one thing to be able to look it up on the computer. It's one thing to be able to look at the pictures, see what the trails are going to be like. But here was the beauty of the time that I had hiking up at Hoosier Pass. I had to... I had an opportunity to experience relationship not only with Barbara and Harry and my wife as we were enjoying that time together, but also experience a relationship with God's creation. Also an opportunity to experience uh, just uh, a walk and, and a journey together. We don't hear much of that anymore in our world. Satan is the father of confusion, the father of lies, the father of division. And listen, I want you to know that there have been so many conversations that I've started out with, and, and there are conversations that were, where you know, people thought that they were having wise decisions, they thought that they were informed, they had all the information, they thought that they would only go a certain w- amount of, uh, away uh, ahead, and, and, and they said, well, you know what, I, I never planned to have that many drinks. I never planned... For that one lie to hurt so many people. I never planned to get into that fight. I I never planned to go home with another person. I never planned to have that affair. But listen, Satan always takes you farther than you ever planned to go. You may think you have all the information. You may think you have it all figured out. But Satan will take you farther than you ever planned to go. And we will not find a consolation until... We find it in our God. There's a reason why he says that I am a jealous God. The reason is this, is because he wants all of you. Not just a part of you. He doesn't want you to just know about him. He wants you to experience a relationship with him. So if you're trying to live the Christian life with one foot on one side of the fence and one foot on the other side of the fence, know this, Satan will take advantage of that compromising position. Here's the good news. God gives wisdom in all decisions generously. And there's even better news. God does not find fault with us when we ask for wisdom. I love that. He gives it generously, but he doesn't doesn't fault us. He doesn't say, well, you big idiot. Why are you asking me for this? You should have been able to figure this out on your own. No, there is wisdom that can only come from God. And that's what we need to ask it says are you someone or maybe do you know someone who will never ask for help I mean no matter what they just it's just I don't know if it's a matter of pride or just a matter of you know they feel like I, I can do it myself but the whole world could be falling down around them and they will never ask for a hand there's a cost to stubborn pride 
As a matter of fact, there was a study that was done that found that men waste $3,000 worth of gas every year because they won't ask for directions when lost. The British... British researchers determined that men drive an average of 276 unnecessary miles per year trying to figure out their destination. And a quarter of men said that they would wait at least a half an hour before they would even say that they were lost. While one in ten said that they would never, ever ask a stranger for help. By the way, just an interesting side note, in this same study, three out of four women said that they had no problem asking for directions anytime. <laughs> but when you don't ask God, church, for help, there is a cost. When you don't ask God for help, there is a cost. One thing that I wish that we would see, one thing I wish we would hear in the midst, I mean from anyone, but in the midst of all that we're going through in our world and in our nation today, is wouldn't it be time for us to call for a national day of prayer? Wouldn't it be time to say, look, church, we need to call out for wisdom, wisdom for our leaders, wisdom for our people, wisdom for those who think that they're doing great things and actually are leaving a wake of destruction behind them. They need wisdom, not from Google, from God. Amen? We need, we need more of him when it comes to what we find ourselves in. We think we can do it on our own Proverbs 2, 6, it says this. It says, all wisdom comes from the Lord, and so do common sense and understanding. I like that version. All wisdom comes from the Lord, and so do common sense and understanding. Something that's not so common anymore, amen, is common sense. And, and here's the thing, is it comes from God. The conscience that you have in your mind, in your heart, that you sense, you sense right or wrong, even today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you probably have a sense right now of you know, right versus wrong. That came from God himself, himself to you. All wisdom comes from the Lord. So if all wisdom comes from God then why are we looking up information online when we should be looking up information from on high? When you ask, it says in verse 6, when you ask, you ask, you must believe, and you must not doubt. And there is an asking uh, for a question in regards to this of us. This is asking a question for you and for me. Are you committed? When you, I mean, do you believe with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength that God is the only one that can give you wisdom? Or do you kind of still feel like, well, you know, I'm still pretty well off on my own. I can figure it out. I can do this on my, on my I can just pull myself up by my own bootstraps. Everything that you have been given, including your common sense and your understanding, it must come from God. This is not for spectators or for doubters, those who want to be wise. They let the waves of life direct them. But for those of us who are committed as Christians to the Lord, we must believe 
and not doubt. Now, I'm not saying that you won't have doubts and you won't have ups and downs in your life. What I'm saying is we need to be sure that we do not doubt that all wisdom comes from one source and one source alone. And that's from our God. There are those who are reactive instead of proactive with God. You probably have been that person before. I have. Maybe you know some folks who have done that. Life pushes us around and and we react in our own strength. And sometimes maybe there might be some of us who have blamed God for our lack of proactiveness. And that comes up later in the chapter, by the way. But they are up one day, down the next, always chasing the end of the rainbow. But when we look... At verse 8, it says, when, when it says double-minded, I want you to understand that it's speaking very, very intently to the church. And it's saying you can't have one foot in and one foot out. You have to be all in with the Lord. To blame God... There's an image of free will that I love that I I thought of our time when we were on a cruise ship and they were talking about the directions that we would go and the captain charted out the course for us and he came over the intercom and he said, you know what, we're going to be heading to this direction, heading to this island and he shared what times we would be heading out and coming back and, and sure enough, one time when we were at stops one place, there were people that missed the boat. The, the boat left. The captain had said, this is our itinerary. This is where we're going to be going. The people were standing there on the pier, and we could watch them as we just floated by. <laughs> now, I can imagine those people getting on the boat because they, they, they were supposed to get back on later, and they're just shouting at the captain and saying, you can't take me where you were. You can't do this. And the whole time they're shouting at him and they're yelling at him, that boat is going exactly in the direction the captain wants to go. And whether they like it or not, they're on the boat too. And sometimes it looks so foolish for us to say, you know what, you know what, we, we, we're going to try to do it our way today, and then we're going to do it your way the next day, God. And here's what it actually says in the Greek when you read those word, that, that word double-minded. It literally from the Greek means this, two-souled. Two-souled. As if you have a soul that is in it for God and a soul that is not. You can't do that. You can't be double-minded. It's letting us know that those who are living spiritually, again, with one foot in and one foot out, shouldn't even bother praying for this prayer of wisdom. And the sad part is that people like this are usually convinced that their beliefs will never have an impact on the way that they are living. Let me explain. I read an article Oh, it was a year ago or so, and it was about the Kansas State Fair. And it was going on at the time when I was reading the article. And in that article, they, they listed out all of these crazy foods that were at the State Fair. And there was things like fried butter on a stick, bacon-wrapped caramel apples, chocolate-covered bacon on a stick. I mean, it just went on and on, and I would bet anything if I went to that fair, and I stood outside of where all these food trucks were, and I said, you know what, don't you think that it's a good idea that you should, 
you know, just eat well and exercise and you should take care of yourself and take care of your body, I can almost guarantee you that every person would say, yes, I believe that that is true. I would even say that most of them say, I hold that as a true personal belief. But the most popular food, by the way, at the state fair that year was a bacon cheeseburger with a bun that was made of Krispy Kreme donuts. But everybody's saying, I think we should eat good, I think we should exercise, I think that we... But yet, the most popular food will probably clog your arteries in a matter of minutes. Don't be double-minded, church. Don't say one thing and do another. A real-life story was a discussion that I had with an individual who I just cared cared for as her pastor, she came to me and, and she was like, I, I, I'm having real issues with my family and, and my, my, my son, he's, he's in high school and things are just going south and things aren't going well. And, and I mean, she just began to just share all of the pain and all of the hurt and she was crying so hard that it, uh, sometimes I couldn't understand her words. She... She shared that, you know what, we bought him everything that we could ever possibly buy. We, he has a new ATV, a beautiful home on this acreage. He, he's been fed well. He has all the latest trends in food, or excuse me, in, in clothing. And, and yet, he's getting into all kinds of trouble. I, we just don't know. We provided the best for him. Why is he doing this to us? Why is he repaying us this way? And, and, and she began to talk a little bit more about her, her job and how her workday career required these hours and all these trips that were weeks out of town. And, and I, I began to ask her, I said, well, how is your spiritual walk? Next thing you know, she states, well, you know, even without me even prompting, she said, I just wonder maybe spiritually, maybe as, as I should be in the home a little bit more often than being away so much. If she didn't work like she did, though, she said they couldn't have all the things that made her family happy. But, but there was this nagging feeling, she said, that maybe she needed to be a little bit more involved in her son's life. And, and he, went, he went home alone. He had no family there for his games, she said. He went to bed without a goodnight kiss. But she said, I would always call him on the cell phone. And I, I explained that maybe that nagging feeling was the Holy Spirit. Maybe she needed to give that specific prayer time. Ask for wisdom, ask for the Spirit to guide her on what was the most pressing need in her life. And, and she wasn't happy to hear that. And, I, and I, I think she might have wanted me to just affirm that situation of being gone for a week or more at a time and over and over. So she immediately said, well, I can't quit. I can't continue to do, can't not continue to do what I'm doing. I, if I do that, we just won't have all the stuff that we need to have as a family. She made up her mind right then and there, and basically what she was doing was insane. She was saying, you know what, I'm going to try to shoot for different results, but I'm going to do the same things that I always have done. We're finding... And we're going to find a theme in James. It's starting in this first chapter. And, it, and it's basically this theme that belief is more than just words. Belief 
is more than just words. You can have all the information ever, ever compiled about the scripture and about Jesus. You may know everything about the place where he has grew up and you may have the Bible memorized from cover to cover, but that's not the same. Having all that information is not the same as having a experience with God. And we're finding that our walk with the Lord has got to be more than just words. It's not something that's just confessed with our mouth. It's something that is confessed with our lives. Jesus addressed this. He said, you know, in the end days, in Matthew 25, 44, he said that there's going to be a time when there's going to be people who will say, you know, I... I, I, I I knew, I served you, Lord. And, and he went on to say, you know, they, they will ask, answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he's going to reply to them, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life. And the sad thing is, is that there's folks who would say things like that, will say, I knew all about you, Jesus. I knew everything that you ever said. I memorized every gospel. I knew all the things that you told us to do. But Jesus is basically saying to them, I understand that you knew all the information, but you didn't know me. Because if we know Jesus and we've experienced God, then our heart will begin to break for the same things that God's heart breaks for. You can't just say, man, I believe in Jesus. I have a fish on my bumper. I I, I like church on Facebook. I, I Twittered a sermon quote, what more do you want me to do, God? And Jesus says, here's what I want. I want all of you. You will find no consolation in your life. You're not going to find any peace in your life. You're not going to have that joy that was talked about earlier in the chapter until you give everything to God. Everything. So what do we understand here? We need godly wisdom. But don't bother asking if you're not prepared to be sold out for Jesus. Side note, I want you to know that doubt in this portion of Scripture, again, it, it refers to a person who is not sure that he or she wishes to be in a mature and a complete and a sold-out relationship with God. You can't be that type of person. But here's the thing. If you're saying to yourself, well, I, I do believe... I do believe in God, and I, but I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with, with committing everything. I'm struggling with surrendering everything to him. There's this one area of my life where I know that I need to give to him, and wisdom tells me I need to give it to him, but I don't want to give it to him right now. But I believe. There's a portion in Scripture in Mark 9, 23, where there was a father who needed a son to be healed, and that son was in a desperate situation, and... and Jesus says to him, if you believe, all things are possible for him who believes. And immediately, the father said something that I just think is so revealing. He was being so genuine and so real. He's saying, he said these words, 
And he said it with tears, it says in verse 24, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Have you been there? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I know you can do this. Lord, I I understand it. But Lord, I need the wisdom that only you can give. Help my unbelief, Lord. And I, I look at our world and I look at the situations around us and I even look at some of the situations in our lives and I think, I just don't know how this is going to get any better. I don't know how this is going to change. And then I, I, I find myself on my knees before God saying, Lord, I believe you can do this. I believe you can. But, but Lord, help my unbelief. Have you been there, church? Maybe that's where you're at right now. Maybe you've, you, you've, you've asked for wisdom. You, you've had an experience with the Lord. You've, you've, maybe at one point even gave everything to Him. Maybe you, you've laid so much on the altar and, and then doubts and fears and hurts and bitterness and anger and you name it have come in and you're at that place right now where I believe, but Lord, help my my unbelief. Give me wisdom. Give me prudence. Give me that which can only come from above. I need that, Lord, today. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself praying that prayer daily. Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. I want to ask you right now as we as we come to a close of the service today, maybe if you're finding yourself in this situation or finding yourself in this time and, and you're going through James, we're going through James together and you're like, you know what, I see what the world says is wisdom. I don't want any part of that. But I'm also struggling over here when it comes to giving everything up for the Lord. Man, I, I believe, but there's that part of me would you be willing to just place that part right on the altar today? I mean, just say, you know what, God, I, I, I do believe. I believe you can change the situation. I mean, I'm going through this struggle with my family or with my job, or I'm going through this struggle with, you know, with someone who I care about here at the church, or whatever it may be. Would, would, you, just, would you just lay it down? Because here's the thing. The longer you hold on to whatever it is, the longer you will not have that consolation that will only be found in God. It just won't come. And wisdom will teach us that giving it all to God is all that ever matters. I'm going to tell you today, when you get to heaven, when you get to that place where God is at the judgment seat before you. I want to be able to say, and I believe that you want to be able to say, I've given it all. I laid it all down. Lord, thank you for helping me with my unbelief. I believed through it all, but you carried me through when I couldn't even believe. Today, would you just stand with me as we come to close today? And I just want to ask just simply and, and that maybe you might be in that place today where you 
you would ask for the God of all wisdom, who gives generously. God, give me your wisdom. And God, where I am struggling with giving up everything to you, with help making my life maybe match what I say, or making my actions match what I say, or maybe there's times in my heart where I'm just, I say I believe and I'm struggling with my unbelief. Lord, will you help me with that? God will do it, and he says that he will give generously without casting blame, without fault. What a great God we serve. Maybe you might want to ask that right where you're standing. I'm going to go to prayer. Let's just lift our hearts to the Lord. Let him search us today. God, today we've come to your word, we have looked at your word, and we have asked you, God, to speak to us right at the point of our need. And Lord, I have to believe that today that you are speaking to someone's heart. And it's not easy, God, when we have found that we've been living a, a definition of insanity where we are asking God for you to change things, but... We're not willing to change anything that we're doing. We might find ourselves in a situation, Lord, that we're just struggling, that we know that you are God, and we know that you can do all things, that we're struggling with our unbelief. Lord, I pray that you will come and just work in that. And Lord, today I also would ask that for those in our world who cannot find peace, who cannot find consolation, I'm asking God that your wisdom would begin to fall from above, reminding us, Lord, that the only way that our nation, the only way the heart of our people, the heart of our country will ever come to know peace is by knowing you fully. Lord, help us to just give it all to you. I pray for your blessing, your continued blessing on our nation and on our country. I pray for wisdom upon the people of this nation as we are coming forward and towards a a time that we are going to vote for the next president. I ask God that your wisdom would come down from on high to this country. I ask for your wisdom to fall on the leaders of our country, for the pastors and for the leaders of every church. I pray, God, for your great wisdom to fall. And Lord, today, though we may find ourselves in a situation where we might say, you know what, these are not easy times and these are not easy easy days that we live in. God, may we first turn to you, the one who holds all wisdom in your hand. Lord, it's easy for us to to have all the information, but God, I pray that you will inform us, Lord, from our hearts to our head. Pray these things in your name. We pray, God, for great things to happen in the future for your sake and for your glory. And together we say, amen. Amen. Well, today I ask that the Lord will bless you and the Lord will keep you, that his face will shine upon you, that he will be gracious to you, that he will give you wisdom, and that he will give you peace. You are dismissed in the great love of our Lord today.